Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. When you're calling like expires and cancels, you shouldn't even be looking at the price. You should be looking for the motivation. Gosh, like, do I knock on doors? Is that something that we would do? You're going to be considered pushy or rude by some people. You're going to find people who genuinely need you. Another realtor failed them. I, I'm a single mother of twins, and time is not a luxury for me. I have two people who depend on me, and I'm all they have. So when you leave that house, you make sure it's worth your time. Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. We have with us an absolute rock star. I've had the good fortune of coaching her for a good period of time now. I've watched her do something amazing, which has moved to a brand new marketplace, start over from scratch, where she doesn't know a soul, and within one calendar year was doing 52 transactions, about 15 million in volume. This calendar year on track to do about 100 transactions, 30 million in volume, the pride and joy of Dallas, Texas, Mrs. Jessica Nelson. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. And you know, I again, I'm I'm really thoughtful and purposeful about you know who we invite because uh, we want to make sure that they add lots of value. And I know that you can based on your experience. So I guess I'm curious. You know, you uh, had a complete life over in Hoboken, and we're just doing your thing. And uh, you know, owned a few properties, had some rentals. And you had this very interesting idea during COVID to say, you know what, I think I'm going to move halfway across the country and start over from scratch. So talk to the audience a little bit about like what prompted that move and what was the thought process behind it, particularly when there was a, I mean, it was during a time where there was like a lot of uncertainty and required like a really huge amount of courage to, to make that move. Yeah. So in August of 2020, most people were still you know, they were staying home, they were trying to see what was going to happen. And for the most part, people were living in fear, right? So I took the opportunity to say, where, where can I grow? What can I do to take this time and really blow it up and do something amazing? So I've been in Hoboken raising my children there, and that's a city environment. It, it's a great place. I'm not saying it's not, but I felt like there was something else for me. And I said, I want to take my kids out to the country. Where can I go and make a huge difference? And I considered a few different places, but for some reason, Texas just, it stole my heart. And from the minute we landed here on, I think it was August 14th. No, it was my father's birthday. It was August 12th. I, I said, I said, this is going to be where we move. And so I saw about 10 homes. I picked one. I bought it in 14 days. I sold all four of the properties that I owned in New Jersey. And I packed up two kids, two dogs, and I moved all of us in 14 days from New Jersey to Texas. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. And, <laughs> you know, I'm aware that, you know, you're, you're doing that, you know, on your own without other people there to help you or assist you in any way. So I guess talk to the audience a little bit about um, 
you know, from a mental perspective, because that's a lot to do at one time and to also, you know, start over in a brand new marketplace where you don't know a soul. I think that uh, for a lot of people is very uncertain for them. Mm-hmm. So it would prevent them from doing something like that. So from a mindset perspective, you know, what was kind of the thought process and what were some of the conversations that we had to continue to kind of uh, solidify that mindset? that starting over from scratch, how strong it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked a lot about where, what do you start? What do you do? What do you physically do to create your first transaction as if I was brand new in the industry again? And it's really humbling to do that because, you know, if you've been in this industry for 10 years, or if you have other agents that look up to you, it's kind of cool to start brand new and, you know, kind of experience what they experience. You learn a brand new market, you know, you learn the trends of that market. So we talked a lot about, you know, staying focused on the goal, staying focused, staying focused on contacts, contracts, and previewing property, and really just getting to know this community and how I could serve it. Yeah, I love that. I'm taking notes here because I remember those conversations we had and do you remember how they are? Because one of the things I really like appreciate about you is that um, you know you're exceptionally coachable, and you also are not opposed to straightforward, candid conversations. Because we've had some very straightforward, candid conversations, and you're receptive to it. And that's part of what allows you to produce the outcomes that you do because you don't shy away from those types of conversations. But we had this conversation about like attention and where to pay attention, and there were other people trying to tell you where to pay attention and what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I had a pretty kind of straightforward, direct response to that. So talk a little bit about what activities were you focused on in a completely brand new marketplace where you do not know a soul, like you have no database, you have no people to fall back on sort of thing. You don't know anybody that we focused on and basically said everything else is not important. And these are the things that are going to be important. Yeah. So it's really simple. You ready? Yeah. When do you plan on moving? Love that. And just let the conversation start. I mean, some pe- you don't you don't have to be that direct. Like, listen, people are in the South, they don't really appreciate that. So, you know, you you want to preface it a little bit different. Oh, hi, my name is such and such. What's yours? Maybe you're in line waiting to pick up your kids at school. Um, maybe you're going to the gym. All of us do these activities where you meet people every day, no matter how busy you are, guys. And it's very simple to start up a conversation that leads to something having to do with their real estate. Even like people will give you hints too, right? Like if someone's like, if you ask them how they're doing, they seem a little down. You're like, you might find out that there's maybe some trouble in their marriage or, um, you know, some reason why they might need to move. But if you don't talk to people and ask them questions, questions, you won't find out how you can serve them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And we, ha- we had a number that you were focused on, like in terms of contacts, right? Because yeah. we're aware that, you know, as a salesperson, our job is to be in the presence of prospects. And just to remember that, I think that's part of your competitive advantage because you're very clear on that while other people aren't. So talk to us a little bit about what your focus was numbers wise and the methodologies that you use. Cause I know you weren't just doing one methodology. You were doing multiple methods to get to that number. Absolutely. So we had, we had an issue with speed to result, right? So for us, what we talked about was talking to 50 people a day 
and getting to appointments and getting from appointments to contracts to negotiation to close because I didn't have a lot of time. So under normal conditions, you probably don't need to talk to that many people. You need to have better quality conversations because they may not move today, but they'll move in a year. And now you add them to your database. They know you, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't have that time. I needed to produce money immediately. So I had to quickly find out who was going to move in the next 30 days and be on those people until they either listed with me or just, you know, <laughs> died. I don't know. Yeah, or told you to <laughs> like, you know, go fly a kite. And yeah. what is what is interesting is um, that understanding and that sense of urgency. I don't think people approach things with that level of urgency. My experience is, is that there's different levels of importance. One is like, it's not important at all. Two is important. And what's interesting about important is I'm sure you're like me, if there's something that's important, you know, it's important, but it may not get done for a little bit, but mm-hmm. then there's an emergency. And an emergency is, is you drop everything that you're doing right now. Exactly. Right. And what hey. I'm aware of is that we were very clear that producing income was an emergency. It's not something like, oh, I'll get to it sort of thing. It's like, nope, it is the most important thing. Not only were you calling, I'm aware you would send me pictures of you knocking on doors, right? I think you lost one of your earrings knocking on doors and you kept going like you didn't even care. So uh, it's just, I think that level of urgency is something that, you know, people aren't clear about. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Um, You're going to be considered pushy or rude by some people, but what's going to happen is there's, you're going to find people who genuinely need you, like either another realtor has failed them or they tried to do it on their own and they just couldn't. And when they meet you and you're quote unquote pushy, which is actually just being direct and aggressive, you are a breath of fresh air to them. They are so happy to meet you in your urgency because now they trust that you're going to get this done because they see how badly you want to get it done. Yeah. So that kind of became my superpower. So guys, I had this mentality, like think of if one somebody you love the most in the world, Think right now, like who, if you close your eyes, who do you love the most in the world that if they weren't here, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself. Now think that you need to raise X amount of money to get them some sort of surgery. That's how you need to work when you start a new business. Agreed, 100%. And what I wrote down as you're saying this is, um, you know, motivated uh, buyers and sellers love motivated agents. <laughs> it's oh the people God. that, it's the people that are six, sevens, and eight, or five, six, sevens, and motivations, uh, you know, on that kind of scale. They're not eight, nines, and tens. They don't, they're not interested in that. They'll be like, ah, it's pushy. But people that are super motivated very much so are interested in somebody that's motivated to help them. So, first, we and focus- you'll see it in your reviews. Like, people will write reviews that you're like, this is actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. And, and I think when you're doing it, What's interesting is that a re- reviews are a reflection, I think, of your values, because you'll notice that they'll start to show up the same. They'll be like, hey, she was really professional, or hey, she was very proactive and assertive, or hey, she helped me get top dollar, or hey, right? You'll, you'll see a theme. You'll see, you'll see them show up. I ha- uh, I've a had lot. a number of clients that say to me, go do your Jersey thing. <laughs> and, I, and I know when they say that, I'm like, oh, they believe in me. <laughs> yeah, they, they know. They're just labeling it that so we, we, we talked about, you know, again, kind of breaking into the brand new market. You don't know a soul. First, it's very clear 
if I'm hearing you correctly, to understand the urgency and what's really important is the production of income. And the way you're going to do that is by being in the presence of prospects, particularly in some place new, you're going to ramp up the amount of people that you're talking to because you don't know anybody. And that will lead to opportunities. And now, so now we get to the conversion piece. And what was interesting, right, is at the beginning, even though you're super powerful and you knew how to generate you were a little, right, kind of going on the appointments. You're like, ah, oh, maybe I should have somebody come with me because I don't really know the marketplace that well. And then I'm aware that we had a real straightforward conversation about that. And then that stopped, right? So talk a little bit about even though you were very clear on the attraction piece, being in a brand new market, like you didn't really know it that well, right? So even then it created like a little bit of doubt for you. Like, I don't know, maybe I need somebody with me sort of thing. And then how you overcame that. Wow, that's a powerful question. So that's self-confidence. That whole thing is a security blanket, which you enjoy pointing out. <laughs> um, everyone has security blankets. Even the most powerful people have strange, weird things that they do that are their, their, their teddy bears. And you kind of have to acknowledge it. It's like, I guess, AA, right? You have to admit you have a problem. And then you have to face that problem. And then you have to have a plan around when I'm doing this, how do I defeat that? You know, what self-talk do you have? What meditation? What books are you reading? You know, what is your program to defeat that behavior that's extremely limiting? Yeah, I'm just writing stuff down as we're talking because it's all it's all coming back. <laughs> it's all coming up to me, like all the conversations that we would have. So there's a couple things that I wrote down. Um, is you're, you're mentioning, and I appreciate your authenticity because people will see you and be like, oh, like it must have been like easy peasy, one, two, three easy. It's like, well, what happened was is we were producing and we were generating and we're getting in the presence of prospects and then opportunities would present themselves. And then it was like, ah, you were a little uncertain because it was new, right? You don't know the marketplace really well. And I remember, you know, having that conversation with you in a very straightforward way. And this is one of the things that I wrote down is that, you know, we all have that, myself included. The question is, is who do you have in your life or who do you have proximity with that you give permission to point that out to you, right? Because even though it's very uncomfortable, if somebody doesn't point it out to you, it's really comfortable to stay under the warm little fuzzy blanket, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, I won't kind of grow and expand from that. And you did. I remember I pointed it out to you. I'm like, look, you don't like those people need you more than you need them. Like you're doing the hard work by generating the lead. You already know how to present. You just need to, you know, study up on the marketplace. And then you did a hard stop to that. That stopped immediately. And then you just kept, you started going on appointments on your own. And then as you kept doing that, you know, that internal kind of trust built up. And then, you know, you were off to the races. Is that right? That's correct. It's so important. It was so important to me that in this first year, I had to make a huge splash because you're unknown. So you have like, it, a good new agent's going to do 10 transactions or 15 transactions, and they're going to get rookie of the year. And that's great for them. But if you really want to take market share and you're trying to be a disruptor, you have to do something that is 10x to what everyone else is doing to get people talking. And that, that becomes your brand, your, your numbers, your production. You don't need to make cute videos. You don't need to dress inappropriately, ladies. You just need your numbers to speak for themselves. 
Yeah, I love that. And, and it's so important. I knew that 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 year had to be an epic milestone year, or I would never start hitting the, the milestones I wanted to get to moving forward. Yeah. And what's interesting too is in that evolution, right? We talked about how when you are that focused and that clear and you start to produce, certain things are going to start to happen. So at first they'll be like, ah, you should do this. You should do that. And I remember very firmly and sternly saying to you, like, listen, don't listen to any of those people. Okay. Cause at first they're going to be like, you should do this. Second, they're going to be like, they're going to ask you, what are you doing? Third, they're going to ask you to come in and teach a class. So you could show them what you're doing. That's right. So talk a little bit about the challenge when you're in a new marketplace and you start to produce with distractions. Because once you start to do that very quickly, you know, again, all these opportunities or things come out of the woodwork that unfortunately do distract a lot of people. And then they get stuck kind of, you know, at a certain level of production. I think I'm very lucky because I just don't have a choice. I'm a single mother of twins and time is not a luxury for me. And I really don't have a problem saying no. Um, You know, I'll very politely and respectfully decline the opportunity or I'll provide the option of making it a paid opportunity because I just, you know, I have two people who depend on me and I'm all they have. So I don't have the luxury of just wasting time. Yeah, I love that. And and understanding that, that everything that you say yes to is something else you have to say no to. So if I say yes to something, I'm saying no to, you know, you're saying no to your twins. If I say yes to this, I'm saying no to, you know, production activities to get this thing off the ground and going. So that is something that I never really understood until I had children, Aaron. And there's probably other people in a similar position. Every time you leave your house, you have to pay somebody to be with your children. So when you leave that house, you make sure it's worth your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So, and as far as this like transitioning again to a brand new market. So we, we talked about like the attraction piece. We've talked a little bit about the mindset piece. And then we talked about a little bit about the conversion piece. So talk to agents about in a new market, if they don't know it, how did you go about learning it? You know, how did you go about understanding? Because you understood how to sell, you understood how to attract, you understood how to sell the service and perhaps get them to sign a contract. What I'm also aware of is part of being in a new marketplace is understanding the market dynamics in that marketplace. And also understanding pricing in that marketplace, like under just understanding, you know, understanding the competitors in that marketplace. So, what specifically would you propose or suggest that agents do to learn that new market that they're in? Goodness, what's the number one thing that agents do that prevents them from growing? I don't know. Let us know. Overthinking things and making and turning that into an excuse. If you price the property too high, are you going to know within the first two weeks? 100%. Did you just learn the market? Yep. The only mistake that you can really make guys is talking yourself out of the business. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that can happen is you pay for photos. Okay. It's a hundred dollars. Move on. Yeah. Reduce the, use your sales skills to reduce the price to a price that will cause itself. Yep. Just go take more listings. Stop overthinking everything because yeah, you're talking good. yourself out of business. I love that. So 
what that makes me think of is uh, something that I heard Tony Robbins say one time where he was like, hey, the only reason why you are not doing what you want or have what you want are all the reasons why you tell yourself you can't have it. And that's pretty interesting. And so what you're, what you're saying is, is that with time, as you were setting appointments, going on appointments, doing homework for those appointments, going into those properties, I mean, you, you just figured it out, you know, as time progressed and as you took more listings, right? So here's an example. I was door knocking in, I think it was Garland, Garland, Texas. I was just out there talking to neighbors and someone said, okay, I'm clearing out this house. My I think it was our uncle or somebody died. I have to put it on the market. You want to come in? I said, sure. And right there, that's the that's the best thing that can happen to you when you're door knocking. Yeah. And he and then he starts asking me buying questions, or in this case, selling questions. Well, how much do you think you can get for it? How long do you think it'll take? If you put it on the now, when would I get my money out? This is somebody who wants to sign a contract with you right now. Mm-hmm. So do you have one with you? Do you have a listing room with you? Yep. I always do. Whenever I go door knocking, I have at least three with me. Do you, so I didn't have a CMA. I, I actually had no idea what homes in that neighborhood sell for. I just chose it because somebody in my office had sold a home there. And, um, you know, I was doing like just sold knocks. So I just picked the number out of the blue and he signed the agreement and it sold in 28 days. Love it. And, and what I think is uh, so awesome about that uh, to your point is that, you know, even in a new marketplace, the tendency is, is like to get ready to get going, you know, when everything's right. And I know all the market stat, stat statistics and I know all of this, then I'll try to find business where what you're proposing or suggesting is it's the opposite way around. Like you'll learn as you do it. I'd much rather you learn versus sitting in a class with a bunch of people talking about something. I'd much rather you out in the presence of prospects doing business. And then if you have questions going back to somebody, be like, hey, what is this? Or hey, well, you know, I've never filled out a listing agreement in Texas. So what do I need to do? You know what I mean? Like figuring it out as you go. Guys, what is our risk to reward here? What's our risk? $100 for photos, right? There are people that are putting a lot of money into multifamily deals, into the stock market, into Bitcoin, and they're not doing as much research as you are on that $100 of photos that you might lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And how important is it, do you think it is? Because you know, for someone, they might imagine you know, in a brand new marketplace trying to break into a new market, gosh, like, do I knock on doors? And like, you know, is, is that something that we would do? So talk to us a little bit about <laughs> why that's important in terms of that attraction piece and talk to us a little bit about the results that you got from doing it. So I personally love doors because you're moving, right? So when you're on the phone, you stand up, you're at your desk, but like you're kind of in the same place. I love the fresh air. It, these are like naturally de-stressing elements to exercise, and to get fresh air, to see nature, it, it's actually a much better environment for prospecting. And then the other element of it that I love, but actually there's three others, but the other element is I love that you get to meet the community. You get to see who lives there. You get to have meaningful conversations with people that maybe it's not a sale right now, but maybe like you can help them in the future and maybe you can add to their life in some way. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that conversation over the phone. People just don't open up that way. 
And then I would say the third thing that I really love is that if you're going to like expireds or FISBOs or canceled, they've heard from 20 people on the phone. You know, when you call them, oh, I heard you had an eighth agent. How many people have knocked on their door? You will be the only one. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. What that makes me think about is this quote that says like, there's no uh, shortcut on the extra mile. Or there's no there's no waiting like line on the extra mile, right? So like meaning that, um, you the, doing that extra thing that people aren't willing to do, there's going to be nobody else there that's standing next to you, right? Mm-hmm. So, and what would you say to people who would say like, oh, it's a new marketplace, I don't know anybody, like that's kind of dangerous, like should I be? Because I think that's something that gets in people's way. So, what would you say to that? And what would what has your experience been? Okay, I have to be careful with this. So that's a personal choice. You know, if you don't feel safe, I mean, you are dealing with the public and you should be careful. I'm not telling you to do something that makes you feel unsafe. In Texas, you can carry. In other states, you could probably have mace or, you know, something to protect you if you're really that worried. And then some people, I know that you work as a husband and wife team. I mean, you don't have to go alone. You can take a buddy. Yeah, which I think is a awesome kind of approach. You know, take somebody with you. Why not? Uh, and you know, you can mitigate that risk. So, you know, as far as like breaking into a new marketplace, as you start to do transactions, like what what would you say the challenges are with going to a new marketplace? Like what starts to pop up? That if you look back a year from now, if you were going to blueprint this out for someone and they were going to follow that blueprint where you'd be like, oh, look out for that. Like, oh, I would have done that differently or like, oh, I would have put that in place sooner. I probably would have started making high level relationships sooner. Um, What I mean by that is family law attorneys, estate attorneys, judges, um, multiple listing platforms. I probably would have done that sooner. Okay, good. In my mind, I felt like I had to have some something to prove to them, a track record to show them. But I don't even think they, when I look back at it, I don't even think they look. I think they just say, think to themselves, oh, she seems confident. Yeah. She's probably telling you the truth. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like how often, you know, if, if the majority, you know, if only 5% of the agents sell 95% of the properties, what that means is that the majority of agents don't have a track record that's super strong and yet they do deals all the time. You know, they might do 10, 12, 15 deals in a year, but they do deals all the time. So what that demonstrates is that to your point, that goes back to, you know, the only reason I don't have what I want is because of the reasons why I tell myself I can't have it. I'm imagining that I need to compile. Somebody might say to you like, well, I can't take a listing in a brand new marketplace. I haven't listed anything. That's not even the way your brain's thinking. It's like, well, why not? Like, (laughs) I'm just as good as anybody else, right? Uh, And it's the same thing in this particular instance. Is that right? So I had a client actually say that to me, Um, someone whose home I sold in Dallas, they had an investment property in San Antonio and they said, well, I want you to sell it. And I talked them out of it. I said, I'm going to refer it to somebody else because I don't know that area. They go, wasn't I your first listing in Dallas? (laughs) They were like, go list my home. What's wrong with you? Yeah, that's so interesting, right? How Mm -hmm. our initial response is like, oh, that's it's like, well, why not? right? <laughs> why not me? It's going to be somebody like, why not me? They were like a little offended. Like, you don't want my listing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. And then I think the other thing that you did really well, as I reflect back is 
not only did you get after it, but you got after like high-end stuff in a brand new marketplace that you didn't know anybody. I know one of the first properties you sold was like a, a multi-million dollar ranch. It was like, geez, like you don't even know a soul out there. And you're like figuring out a way to, to you know, find that person, get proximity to them, convince them that you're the right person for the job listed and then sell it. So talk a little you know bit what about- You makes a luxury realtor a luxury realtor? What's that? Nothing different than anything else. It kind of drives me nuts how people follow this stuff on Instagram and they, they believe it to be true. When you're calling like expireds and cancels, you shouldn't even be looking at the price. You should be looking for the motivation. And it just so happens to be whatever price it is. Of the four or five homes that I listed and sold over a million dollars last year, I had no idea what the price was until I you know, found out that they really had a motivation to move. You have to treat these people exactly the same as you do a mobile home. I love that. And it's interesting because I was on a coaching call yesterday and he was telling me that he has hesitation or fear in calling higher price points. And I told him that, well, he's like, well, is that like a skill thing? I'm like, no. I'm like, that's a self-image thing. Like you're imagining that like somehow that's not you or, you know, that that's someone else. And, you know, kind of working on that self-image piece. And to your point, like you're not even looking at the price until it's required when you do a CMA. And you didn't say to yourself like, well, you know, I'm not going to call those people because I'm brand new to the marketplace. You were like, well, yeah, why not? Like I can still help them just like anybody else. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. So then if you were going to sit down and say, okay, here's the blueprint, have a brand new agent wants to wants to make a relocation wants to for whatever their reason is whether it's like you you wanted a different uh, environment to you know raise your kids in uh, different kind of pace right change the scenery sort of thing whether somebody's moving because their spouse is relocating and they're concerned like hey I got to start brand old, brand new and you know all my business before was past client centers of influence and now I'm moving to a place where I don't know a soul if somebody said what is the blueprint what would you what what would you say to them? Get a great coach. Yeah, that's a good one. Aaron, yeah. everything you taught me was we're in four marketplaces now. What's mm -hmm. the difference? Yeah, it's no different. So so number one would be is getting proximity to someone who can you know uh, give you some mental maps, also some encouragement. Um, to, you know, push you forward when things are a little low, because, you know, when we're having this conversation, we're like, yeah, at the same time, what people don't see is all the way up to those 52 deals. There was multiple times where we got on the phone. It's like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> like, this is kind of nuts. Like, uh, all this stuff is, I was like, yeah, I get it. But, and I remember I would tell you, be like, listen, one day you're going to be on a panel. I'll be asking you about this and somebody will use your example as their blueprint to keep going. So like this is this is part of right the process. If it was easy, everybody would do it. That's right. Do you remember yeah. our coaching call this week? I was about to cry. Yeah. 100 yeah. percent Which is it. <laughs> which is cool. And and like that what I'm aware of is that that's true. I mean what I tell people is all the way up to 100 deals for me. It took me five years to get to 100 deals, but um at least a couple of times a year, I would tell my wife, Carla, like, mm, I could be doing something else with my time. I think people imagine that, like, there's no doubt, there's no, um, you know, uncertainty, there's no, you know, uh, kind of reconsideration. And that's just not true. I think the difference is, is that 
you know, people like you, they, they just keep going, right? It, they, yeah. they, they continue to work through that. So one would be proximity to someone, a mentor or a coach who can provide you that guidance, provide you with the mental maps, get you very clear on what is important and stay focused on what's important, right? Not deviate because all these other people try to tell you what's important. What else would you say is really critical if somebody wants to move to a new marketplace? Again, with a blueprint. So one is coach. What would be number two? Your why. Your why has to be strong enough. Uh, you know, for me, my why was so strong. I wanted to change the life from, of my family. You know, I wanted to create a legacy and I wanted to genuinely help people. So that was important to me. Uh, my why was bigger than me. My why wasn't about cars or shoes or vacations. It was about, you know, breaking glass ceilings. You know, you know my background and being a leader for my family, for the community, and then for other people who I know I can help. Yeah, I love that. And I'm aware that that was an evolution uh, where uh, initially that, you know, perhaps wasn't as clear to you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was for perhaps other things. And then I remember us talking about it and saying, well, you know, uh, my experience is I'll do way more for other people than, I, than I'll do for myself. And then you start to see yourself as the person that perhaps changes generational uh, dynamics, whether it be financial or social. And, you know, particularly for you with two twin daughters, like you become this living embodiment of a woman that they look up to that's producing and creating, you know, this life that they're experiencing. So that's awesome. So number one is coach. Number two is very, very, very clear on why you're doing it. And what I'm hearing you say is that that why, and that's very true for me, uh, needs to be bigger than myself. And it can't be something that's merely kind of mm, circumstantial or kind of materialistic because that is not that there's anything necessarily completely wrong with those things. I'm aware that usually it doesn't have enough juice to, 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 to pull me through those times of doubt or worry or when you're out there. I remember you, I think we did a FaceTime. You were knocking on doors and you literally lost a diamond earring and you're like, ah, like whatever. And you just kept going, right? So the why has to be so strong that it pulls me through those difficult challenges. So that's very clear. And I think that's awesome guidance. What do you think would be number three? Mental toughness. Mm -hmm. Your clarity when you're doing something like this, because this is going to be a monumental shift in your life. So you're going to have people who make fun of you. You're going to have people who criticize what you're doing. And you're going to also have to make sacrifices. One thing for me that really kind of was always my demon I fought is drinking. Um, it's very common for real estate agents to go to a happy hour, go to a lunch. And by, by the time it's eight o'clock at night, we've had four or five drinks, which for a woman is too much. Our bodies can't handle that. Mm -hmm. So I went completely sober, even though I didn't think I had a problem. And I realized how clear my mind became and how I had to be that way to be, achieve my goals, to be on that path. And then, you know, I just, for me, I, I enjoy going to church. I joined the Potter's house. I love T.D. Jakes. I, I'm in Dallas. Um, you know, so that became a part of my routine. It was very important to me in, in rejuvenating my battery, right? And then, you know, you're going to have bad times. Like I was crying to Aaron this week because I said, you know, six of my 
I think we had 11 pendings canceled because of the interest rates. It wasn't that people didn't want to buy the house. It's that they couldn't afford it anymore. But yet and still, I put three new homes under contract for almost $3 million. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have problems, right? But the more activity you have and the more focused you are on your goal, you're you're going to be okay. Like you just got to keep putting the irons in the fire. Yeah. And, and here's problems are a part of being a business person. Yes. I love that. So, so I think people imagine that I think their, their mental map is the goal in life is the elimination of problems. At the same time, what's very interesting is that me and you both know that once I eliminate a problem, a new one just arises. So what's really interesting is that I'm very much so, and you are too, I'm interested in just creating better problems. So it's like, you know, a better problem is having 25 pendings. You don't know what the, like all the wheels are falling off, but like, that's a better problem than having two or a better problem is, is like, I have, I took all these listings and I need somebody to help me service it, but that's a better problem of not having any. That's so it's right. just, just being intentional. Now, in terms of that mental toughness piece, what, from your perspective and your experience, and by the way, I appreciate your authenticity and like your willingness to share is um, how, like, how does one go about cultivating that? Because I think that is very much so a thing too. You know, I noticed that I was having this conversation with somebody the other day and I was just like, dude, like, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Like, this is a straight up privilege. You know how many people would lop off their right arm to be able to go knock, 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 or make phone calls and air conditioning, go blah, 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 hop in a rolling couch that entertains me on the way then I get out, I go, blah, blah, blah. I scribble on a sheet of paper and then I make tens of thousands of bucks. Like that's, it's an insane kind of opportunity. And if we focus on, like, if we think it's an obligation, if we focus on the obligation, it feels like oh, I have to do this. Like, oh, right. Versus like, I get to do this. Like, this is a privilege. And for all those people out there that would lop off their right arm, if I don't, if I don't take full advantage of it, to me, that's like being disrespectful to those people. It's like, I'm, I'm, um, you know, kind of saying like, ah, like that's you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. I'm like crapping on the opportunity. So how would you propose someone go about cultivating the mental toughness that's required to be disliked, to have people make fun of you, to have people say like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, I remember some guy pulled me in an office. He's like, you don't get it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> At the time I was maybe like 30 something doing like 150 deals. I'm like, okay, I don't get it. Like, okay. So have people try to criticize you, um, have it not work out. You know what I mean? Like people call you names your mom didn't give you, people hanging up on you, uh, losing your earring, you know, these things that like just happen. How do you cultivate the mental toughness to stay neutral doing those things so you can continue to keep making deposits in the areas that are required? I think that's another question of what's your why? You know, the, I've heard it. I think it was in um, that book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the reason why people go insane is because they don't fulfill their dreams. So now they have this um, feeling of importance that they find in a world of insanity, right? To fulfill that need. So you have everyone has a need to feel important but what makes you feel important for some people it's freedom for some people it's materialistic things for some people it's helping others 
you know, I think it's really just a matter of you sitting down with yourself and getting very clear on who do you want to be in this world? Yeah. What's going to make you look back on your life at a certain age that you consider to be a, you know, a good age and feel like you've, you've done what you wanted to do. Yeah. Feel great about yourself. I love that. And what I wrote down here is that it's getting clear on, again, specifically the why, because I find that uh, if someone's having a challenge with like time management or the mental piece of things, it's usually a lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. And motivation, you break that word down, it's motive to take action. So very clear on the why. And then that why, it has to become a must. Not like it would be nice, not like that would be cool, not like I want. It becomes a must. It becomes a minimum standard. So you had a must that you were like, you told me like, look, I want to be I want to be one of the top agents in the office, like year one. Okay. And then it's like, well, here's what it's going to take. It's going to take one, two, three, four, right? And you're like, okay. And that was such a big why to you. And it's tied into you know the other stuff in terms of legacy and everything, because that allows those other things to happen, that it was a must to you. And because of that, the things that you had to do to get there, you just do them. It's not like there's a... Uh, this perpetual resistance to doing them. I find that if people, they spend so much energy just resisting the things that need to be done, right? And with what you're saying, with that formula in place, with the right coach, with a very clear why and with the mental toughness and that why being a must, where my standard, like that's the standard, then that resistance goes away. And then it's just, okay, this is what needs to be done. And I just do it on a daily basis. Is that right? It should be fun too. Like, I, I have fun with it. I love talking to people. I love going out and on a hot day. They bring me lemonade. You know, we're just talking about real estate. I find it fun. I mean, yeah. I get, like you said, I get to do this. I'm not in a boring office. I'm not surrounded by people that hate each other and talk bad about each other. I, I get to be out there with people talking about things I love. That's and right, they man. enjoy. It's awesome. So listen, I know that this will be exceptionally helpful to a lot of folks out there that are thinking about changing marketplaces. Uh, I think you're an awesome human. It's exciting to be a part of your journey and your experience and to see what you're going to produce moving forward. So if somebody has questions, if somebody wants to connect with you, if somebody has a referral they want to send you, how can they find you? Sold by Nelson Global at gmail.com. Awesome. So, and she's wonderful. Trust me, she's super good people. She'll take the time to talk to you, help you in any way that she can. And uh, yeah, so my Instagram, if you guys want to connect on social, is at the Lone Star Unicorn. The Lone Star Unicorn. The Lone Star Unicorn. You heard it there. So, listen, guys, if you liked this episode of the podcast, be sure to smash that uh, subscribe button so you can get notified every time there's a new podcast episode that comes out. Also, be sure to share it with someone that you think could, you know, benefit from it. And, uh, you know, again, we look forward to uh, connecting in the future. Jessica, thanks again for taking the time to be here and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.